This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. Bowl season is upon us. The marathon of bowl games starts in a few days, and I'm going to preview some of the top prospects we need to be focused in on during bowl season, recap the NFL rookies in the NFL rookie report for week 15. Also, we'll take a look at the senior bowl rosters. More names have been announced, and I'll give you my initial quick takes on that as well. Since we last recorded an episode, Joe Burrow officially won the Heisman Trophy. The discussion that Matt and I had on the previous episode about who might be the runner-up, it was Jalen Hurts, uh, and then you know uh, Justin Fields and Chase Young rounded out the top four. I did think that Jalen Hurts was going to get the number two spot. I thought the Ohio State guys might have taken away a little bit from each other. There does seem to be a little bit of bias against defensive players. So I had a feeling Jalen Hurts was going to come in number two. He did, but it was Joe Burrow runaway victory, deserved it. Everything that he did this year, uh, the clear, clear guy who should have brought home that award. I think he set some records in terms of first place votes uh, and uh, in a landslide victory there. But both seasons upon us. You know, both season's interesting. A lot of people sometimes, you know, complain about the amount of bowl games or, you know, listen, they have ridiculous names, a lot of them. But it's another opportunity to evaluate these guys. Sometimes it get it allows us to, you know, get a clearer picture of a player. Sometimes we get to see, you know, some smaller level schools take on some of the bigger guys, bigger name schools. So I do think it has its merit. It's, you know, to see, you know, progress at the end of the year is, is nice. Sometimes players can use it as a springboard to the pre-draft process, maybe an invitation to a senior bowl or a shrine game and they have a strong bowl game and then they have a strong, you know, senior bowl or shrine game week and then, you know, combine and they kind of catapult their, their draft stock a little bit, you know, into a little bit more of the public eye. So I, th- I think they're fun. I think they are what they are. Obviously they don't have much, you know, value in terms of the season besides the two semifinal games and then the national championship. The rest are basically glorified exhibition games. I mean, but, uh, you know, I don't begrudge anyone any of the top, you know, level prospects if they don't want to play in these bowl games, especially, you know, if they're not in the playoff. You know, we've seen guys suffer serious injuries. So I, I never have issues with that. I don't think we've heard of too many high-level prospects this year who've decided to not play in the bowl games. Sometimes it's it sprinkles out a little bit closer to the actual date of the game. But as of now, I haven't heard any big-name prospects decide to skip their bowl game, you know, and just focus their attention on the NFL draft. So it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, obviously bowl games kick off, you know, this Friday uh, and then the first full slate is over this weekend and then games on Christmas Eve uh, early next week on Monday. And then, like I said, one on Christmas Eve and then, uh, you know, obviously games on 
the day after Christmas, we have a couple, and then obviously another jam-packed weekend next weekend, which is already the semifinals. So the, the semifinal games on December 28th kind of sneaking up on us this year. There's a big gap between the semifinal games and then the national championship game, which is until the second Monday in January. So we're going to be here next couple of weeks previewing these, recapping them, you know, talking about these draft-eligible prospects, stock up, stock down, still checking in on the NFL rookies and the NFL rookie report uh, and everything in between. So let's first start with the senior bowls, though, because I think that has been one of the topics of discussion. I know we've previously discussed it a little bit, but there have been some more, you know, names announced. Uh, start with the quarterback position right now. We know four guys are going to be there. Anthony Gordon at a Washington State, Jordan Love at a Utah State, Steven Montez at a Colorado, and Shea Patterson at a Michigan. I think we are waiting on some very big names. Uh, does Joe Burrow go there? Does Justin Herbert go there? Does Jalen Hurts go there? So there, you know, we possibly could see, you know, quite a few high-end, you know, prospects show up for this game. Uh, I think the big name on that list is, is Jordan Love, who. While he's only a junior, has the credits to be here at the Senior Bowl, I think it is going to be a huge week for Jordan Love. Obviously, this year, statistically, he did not have a great statistical season. But I think this setting, when the level of competition uh, and his skill players, offensive line, when that's a little bit more on a level playing field than what he was going up on a regular basis, I think this might be a real great opportunity for him to – you know, kind of show everyone why some people are so excited about his game. There's a lot of things about him that I'm a big fan of. His ability, you know, his arm talent, his ability to play off script, uh, you know, his his release, all stuff that I'm very intrigued with. He's still got to clean up some areas, but I think the senior bowl is going to be a great opportunity for him. Uh, Anthony Gordon at a, at a Washington State. I mean, this year, you know, the things that I liked about him and I got to do a deep dive into him and he'll be a guy who'll be added to the scouting notebook, you know, over the next month or so, uh, his touch, his anticipation. Uh, I asked some questions about his arm strength when I watched him a little bit, but very efficient, very prolific in that Washington state Cougar offense. So interested to, to dissect him a little bit more and then see him at the senior bowl. Steven Montez got the measurables, looks the part, a little inconsistent, has good arm talent, but the decision-making, the accuracy are things that, you know, I have some question marks about that. And then Shea Patterson, I'm really excited to kind of see Shea Patterson there. He's a guy Matt and I have been fans of for, for quite some time. We think he has a lot of tools and hasn't really put it all together, but he's got the athleticism. He's got the arm talent. He can play off structure and off script. I think he showed some improvement and growth down the stretch this year. And I'm intrigued by him. Like he's a guy who, you know, a lot of people look at once upon a time, thought he was going to be a very highly regarded prospect that never fully materialized, but he's got a lot of tools, you know, and I think he's a guy that could be intriguing to NFL teams. They could view him as potentially a high caliber backup, especially, you know, due to his athleticism, his ability to make plays happen with his legs, to keep plays alive, but he also does have the arm talent uh, to make throws as well. So the quarterback position right now is already intriguing. And if you add Herbert and, and Jalen Hurts, who I, who I kind of think both of those guys are going to end up there. I don't know. 
if Joe Burrow needs to, he's a, he's a competitor here, so maybe he does. But, I mean, he's pretty much locked in going first, so I'm not really sure he needs to be there. But I think it's an interesting group nonetheless. At the running back position, you know, Darius Anderson at TCU, he's a guy who uh, I want to watch a little bit closer and, and and get him maybe into the scouting notebook if I if I deem him a, a draftable grade. Uh, Eno Benjamin, he wasn't announced last time we talked about it. Eno Benjamin, you know, Ido Benjamin came into this year very highly thought of and regarded. I still think he's a top 100 pick. I compare his running style to Kareem Hunt. Uh, I think this is probably the best running back class at the Senior Bowl that I remember seeing in, in quite some in, in quite some time. Uh, Jermichael Hasty out of Baylor, uh, Zach Moss out of Utah, Lamichael P. Ryan out of Florida, and Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. Uh, Jermichael Hasty is not a guy we've talked about, but he's he's like an explosive scat back type, 5'9", 205. Uh, he can be a guy that can make some plays happen in the open field. Zach Moss, we've had a, numerous conversations about Zach Moss. Uh, I'm not as high on him as some, but some people look at him and think he could be a three-down player. His pass protection, they think he's functional in the receiving game. Hard-nosed runner, can run inside. I don't think he's much of a, a perimeter runner, uh, but he's a guy who him, you know, Benjamin, I think are probably will be, the, and Keyshawn Vaughn will be the most highly regarded in terms of draft capital. Uh, but you're talking about three guys who there are some people who think they, all of those guys could be top 100 picks. And if not, definitely round, but the latest all of them go would be round four. So if you have three running backs at the Senior Bowl who are going to be taken in the in the top four rounds and and maybe one even in round two and you know maybe even multiple ones in the top one hundred, that's a pretty strong class. So I'll be interested to see Zach Moss there in terms of his receiving ability because that's still an area where I have some question marks. Uh, you won't get a lot from practices in terms of running ability. Uh, that'll be more have to wait for the game and, and see kind of his ability to maybe kick to the outside uh, and see. I know he's a good interior runner. I still have some questions about him running on the outside and the perimeter uh, and then his receiving ability. Michael P. Ryan, I think he is, you know, a bruising two-down type player. Uh, he'll be a better player in the game I, than, than what you probably see in practice. Not a guy who I think is going to be explosive in the open field. And then Keyshawn Vaughn, this is a guy who was very highly regarded in the pre-draft process. I think he was number eight or nine for me before the season started. Uh, Vanderbilt had a really poor year this year. So, you know, Vaughn just really was not able to put up the production that I think many people expected from him. But now you put him in the senior bowl type environment. I think he's a guy in the pre-draft process who could elevate his stock back up. My biggest question about Keyshawn Vaughn though is, it's been the receiving ability. Now he did show a little bit of progress and development in that this year. So I think that's something that's important. I kind of want to see more of that here at the senior bowl and, and kind of see how he performs. If he can show that he can be a receiving threat, I think top 100 is possible for Keyshawn Vaughn. If not, he'll be a guy uh, early on in day three comes off the board at wide receivers. The list now is Brandon Ayuk at Arizona state. Daniel Jeremiah is, is thinks that this guy could be a first-round pick. And, you know, Dane Brewler was high on him. Now Daniel Jeremiah is talking about maybe the first round. So Brandon Ayuk is at the top of the list with Justin Jefferson of guys that need to be added to the 2020 Scotty Notebook. I've already started watching film on these guys and taking notes. Those guys will be added to the Scotty Notebook 
soon, uh, sooner rather than later, hopefully by the end of the month, if not early in January, a couple of these wide receivers will be in, added in the mix. But I'm excited. You know, I've heard the comps thrown out there of Emmanuel Sanders, that inside-outside versatility. Uh, really intrigued to, to, to watch more of Brandon Ayuk. Uh, and, and see what I think about this guy because he's run after the catch ability. He's a returner. He's tough. I mean, if, if people like Dan Jeremiah are thrown around round one talk, you know, he thinks the world, he thinks he's very highly regarded. And Dan Jeremiah, I think, definitely got a lot of ears to the ground as well. And he must be hearing that from other sources as well that people are really intrigued by this guy. Chase Claypool, we've talked a lot about. Really excited to see how he tests. Uh, Devin Duvernay. The speed that he plays with, the game breaking ability. He's, he's a little, he's got a thicker body. He's got like a Golden Tate, you know, type build to him there, uh, or a Debo Samuel type build. I mean, 5'10, 210 pounds. Uh, Duvernay has just been electric this year. So he's a guy who I think is going to be a guy that during senior bowl practices, I think you're going to hear a lot about Devin Duvernay. Uh, Brian Edwards, he's a guy that obviously Matt and I have been big fans. You know, there's, there's some questions still about his speed, but, I think his physicality, his aggressiveness, his body control, his ball skills, his ability to attack the ball, I think he's going to dominate some uh, one-on-one drills against defensive backs in practice. I think we're going to see Brian Edwards go up there and show that ball skills that he has, the ability to high point the ball, make difficult catches. I think he's going to shine in practice. Antonio Gandy-Golden, probably the most intriguing player at the Senior Bowl because the level of competition up from Liberty to the Senior Bowl is going to be stark. He's got the prototypical size and frame you want. He can make the acrobatic catch and go up and get it. But the guys he's been playing with have been so inferior to him. He's got to show that he can do that against better level athletes, quicker, faster, more physical. Interested to see him. Uh, Van Jefferson out of Florida. He's another guy uh, just started really – uh, diving into him a little bit more, really good route runner. Not a guy who's going to wow you with his speed or anything like that, but really uh, crisp routes, in and out of break, good separation quickness. Van Jefferson is a guy who could really look well at the senior bowl based on the, what we see in the practices, the coverage, those route running drills is an area where Jefferson could really look impressive. Uh, Jawan Jennings out of Tennessee, uh, six. Two, 208 pounds. He's a guy who I got to get a little bit more research on before I can share my thoughts on Jawan Jennings. But before the scene, by the time we do our senior bowl preview, I will have thoughts on every one of these skilled players. Uh, Colin Johnson, obviously very highly thought of. I was never as high on the consensus as Colin Johnson. I have some concerns about him creating separation at the next level, but his length. His, his, his ability to high point the ball, his body control are all things that are intriguing. I just have some questions about his overall athleticism, getting open. Does he overly rely on his size in the Big 12 uh, to make plays? And how does that translate to the next level? Kalaja Lipscomb, we talked about when I mentioned him uh, when I first went through the senior bowl rosters. I like his toughness, physicality, good route runner, good hands. I like Lipscomb. Again, obviously Vanderbilt down year this year, but Lipscomb is a guy who reminded me a little bit of Stanley Morgan from last year, really good route runner, uh, physical in his routes after the catch, tough player, uh, probably best inside in the slot. Denzel Mims out of Baylor and uh, talked a lot about him. I think he's a guy who can be a day three, uh, I mean, a late day two or early day three prospect, 
good size, good frame, the ball skills. I mean, really strong year. A lot of people thought Mims was going to come out last year. And then Michael Pittman Jr., we talked a lot about him this year. I mean, he's a guy who he his stock is rising. That I think now it's expected for him to potentially go on uh, day two. And who knows? It could even be early day two. Uh I think it was Bucky Brooks and Darren Jeremiah were throwing out some Mike Williams comps. Uh, obviously, Mike Williams is a top 10 pick. But Michael Pittman this year has put it all together. Uh, former co-host of, of the Saturday Sunday, Bill Laden, was always a big fan of Michael Pittman years ago. And it's great to see him now put it all together uh, for this breakout year, showing the ball skills, showing the athleticism, showing the body control you know, physicality, he played special teams, he kind of worked his way up, uh, and now has an opportunity to legitimately be a top 100 or top 50 prospect. So great job out of Michael Pittman this year. So I think the wide receiver group is strong too. I mean, Pittman, you're talking about probably a day two guy. Brandon Ayuk, I already said, there's whispers of of round one, if not day two. I think Chase Claypool could be an early day three guy. Uh, Brian Edwards, I think, is a day two guy. Antonio Gandy-Golden, probably a day three guy, but an intriguing prospect. Colin Johnson could be a late day two or early day three prospect. Denzel Mims, you know, same thing. So a lot of intriguing guys here uh, from the Senior Bowl wide receiver class to go with a handful of the running backs as well. At the tight end position, while it's a little bit light position, the guys who have announced who will be there, Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic, Josiah DeGoria out of Cincinnati, Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue, Sean McKean out of Michigan, Jared Pinckney out of Vanderbilt, Stephen Sullivan out of LSU, uh, Charlie uh, Tompa May out of uh, uh, FCS Small College. Uh, so he's in a guy. And then Adam Trapman out of Dayton. Adam Trapman out of Dayton is one of those guys who really intrigued by his skill set. Want to watch him. He's one of those move tight ends, very athletic uh I think he's a guy who could really surprise down there and could generate some buzz leaving the senior bowl and in the pre-draft process. Uh, the, the previous guy, he butchered his last name, Charlie T, we'll call him. He's out of Portland State. I don't know much about him, so I got to find some highlights on him prior to our senior bowl preview show uh, You know, in mid-January. But he's a guy not familiar with, kind of intrigued to see uh, him a little bit. But the Dayton kid uh, – and then Portland and then Charlie from Portland State are two guys that uh, definitely have to watch and see what their prospects are and, and what I will be looking for. Obviously, Trapman has the size six foot five, 256 pounds. Uh, so and he's athletic. He can catch the ball. He's going to be a guy I'm going to be watching closely. Excited to see Jared Pinckney there. Not a really athletic guy but uses his size to his advantage, creates space at the catch point. Again, the whole Vanderbilt team just struggled this year. Uh, but Pinkney was a guy highly thought of when Dane Brewer came on the show before the season started. I think he was one of his top tight ends uh, in the country in terms of draft grades. Uh, so Pinkney is a guy that, you know, definitely interested to see him down there at the Senior Bowl. Bryson Hopkins, he was a guy who's starting to generate some buzz. I was a fan of him in the summer. I know some other people were as well. Uh, but Hopkins, very athletic, can move well. Uh, great size, 6'5", 245. But he's a guy who can flex out. You can put him in motion. Uh, I'm most excited to see him. And then Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic, who 
his pass catching ability and athleticism, I think, could put him on the radar potentially for, for inside the top 100. So I think Brian and Hopkins are two guys who have top 100 type talent. Pinkney is another guy who could be in the mix. And then the kid out of Dayton, I think, could be a riser there. So it'll be fun to kind of watch these guys and see if any of these other tight ends kind of emerge. So there are my quick thoughts on Senior Bowl invites that now have been officially announced and the rosters have, have, are, are close to being set, but there's obviously a couple spots open, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, the guys who will probably, if any new guys are announced, it'll probably be some bigger name guys that we're, that they're waiting on. And then obviously there's always some injuries. Some guys pull back. Some guys get called up from the Shrine game. So there'll still be a lot of moving parts. So that's why we'll do a whole Senior Bowl preview show, uh, Matt and I, prior to uh, senior bowl week that's right after shrine game week so it'll be a little bit of a shrine game recap and a senior bowl preview well obviously you'll preview the shrine game as well which is a lot of intriguing talent who will end up there as well especially some of these skill players that we've been following guys like tyler johnson are going to the shrine game so we'll do a whole show preview in the shrine game we'll recap the shrine game we'll preview the senior bowl we'll recap the senior bowl and that really kicks off our pre-draft process and then we really kick it into high gear with our tier shows so many great guests we you know more times than not we're, we're going more than once a week uh sometimes two sometimes three times a week and, and we just keep going strong then all of those pre-draft months all the combine shows the recap shows last year i did one every single day try to do that again this year uh but those months from mid-january you know, straight through draft weekend and then a month or two of recaps after the draft, you know, we're here basically this is our busy time. It's amazing sometimes that during the season things quiet down a little bit as we're just watching the games and, and taking notes and, and digesting the film a little bit and then things really kick into high gear, you know, from mid-January, you know, for Rudy NFL draft and all the recaps as well. So hopefully you stay tuned to Saturday, Sunday. Hopefully we get some new followers and new listeners and and new readers of the material uh, because we do put a lot of effort into those pre-draft months to try to bring you uh, some really in-depth, detailed coverage on these offensive skill prospects from the NFL draft position uh, as well. So let's go to the tail of the tape for this week, which is really just going to be the first part of our bowl previews. Our next episode, we will cover basically the games from like the day before the semifinals, you know, Peru, uh, you know, the rest of them. But the early slate here, while it doesn't have a lot of huge games, there are some intriguing prospects all across the board. So I thought, you know, go for each game, maybe share one or two players that I'm kind of intrigued to watch if there is anybody on the offensive skill side. So first game on Friday is the Bahama Bowl. You might listen to this after that game happens, but Friday has the Bahama Bowl, which is Buffalo versus Charlotte. The guy you want to be watching closely is Charlotte running back Benny LeMay. He's a guy who has accepted his invite to the Shrine game. This is a draftable prospect. I expect to see him get drafted, you know, somewhere in the mid to late round. So like around five to around seven prospect. So keep an eye on Benny LeMay there out of Charlotte. Uh, also on Friday is the Frisco Bowl with Kent State and Utah State. I mean, not much to be said there. All eyes will be on Utah State quarterback Jordan Love. This is the perfect opportunity, like I was talking about. Use the bowl game to catapult your the start of your pre-draft process for these prospects. So if Jordan Love has a big bowl game, okay, Kent State is very struggling defense, so he should look good. Jordan Love can use this momentum and hopefully ride the wave 
to the senior bowl, have a really strong senior bowl week of practices and a good game performance, and then take that to go to his the combine and then his pro day and all the visits he's going to make as a top potential top quarterback prospect uh, and a round one guy. So I think it'd be interesting to watch Jordan Love in his last collegiate game here. Okay, if we take this to Saturday, first up on Saturday is the New Mexico Bowl between Central Michigan and San Diego State. The guy I'll keep an eye on is San Diego State running back Jawan Washington. Obviously, San Diego, San Diego State, we've seen, you know, Danelle Pumphrey come from there. We've seen Richard Penny come from them. Now, Jawan Washington, smaller guy, more of a scat back build, uh, needs to show a little bit more, I think, in the receiving game, but a guy who can do a little bit of everything. He's a prospect I'll be watching. I think he could be a, uh, a late round uh, draft pick or a high priority free agent. Uh, next up on Saturday is the Cure Bowl. That's Liberty versus Georgia Southern. Uh, mentioned him a little bit when talking about the Senior Bowl. All eyes should be on wa- Liberty wide receiver Antonio Gandy Golden. This is a game that he should perform well against Georgia Southern. You know, he should have a lot of mismatch capabilities on the outside, winning up at the catch point. Uh, but again, can he use this to kind of start his momentum in the pre-draft process? I think the Senior Bowl will be really more, way more important than this. We know that he should perform well in this game, but can he use this to kind of springboard his his uh, pre-draft process here a little bit uh, and, and make more people talking about him as we head to the Senior Bowl and, and discuss the Senior Bowl in depth? Next up on Saturday is the Boca Bowl, SMU versus Florida Atlantic. Mentioned him before. Number one guy you should be paying attention to is Florida Atlantic tight end Harrison Bryant. Uh, you know, the tight end position as a whole is going to be very weak in this 2020 NFL draft. That Harrison Bryant has a legitimate chance to be one of the top three, the five tight ends in this class. Top potential top 100 prospect due to his receiving ability, athleticism, movement skills. So keep an eye on Harrison Bryant in that game. Also on Saturday is the Camellia Bowl, FIU versus Arkansas State. Keep an eye on FIU quarterback James Morgan. Listening to Dame Brugler, uh, his most recent podcast, he brought up the name James Morgan and said that the some of the scouts that he's talked to, he has a draftable grade on it. You know, James Morgan is a guy that I am not too familiar with. So for that, you know, to hear Dane say that, one of the best in the business, someone who, who's been a frequent guest on our show over the years, uh, Makes me intrigued to make sure this game is set on DVR if I'm not in front of the TV to, to watch a little bit of this James Morgan. If Dane's saying that from what he hears has a draftable grade on the Arkansas State side, wide receiver Omer Bayless. Uh, sounds like he's going to be at the NFL PA Bowl game. He had over 1,400 yards receiving, so very productive season uh, for Bayless. And he's got the NFL PA Bowl invite. Maybe he can use it as a springboard. Every once in a while, you see an NFLPA Bowl guy get a call up to the Senior Bowl because the NFLPA Bowl and the, and the Shrine game are usually the same week, same day. Uh, Bayless is a guy with that production to keep in the back of your mind as someone to be watching if you're watching that game. Uh, also, on set, a couple other games on Saturday, the Las Vegas Bowl, Washington versus Boise State. Really intriguing game there on the Boise State side. Keep an eye on wide receiver John Hightower. He's a guy who is a speedster. He's going to be added to the scouting notebook for sure in the next couple of weeks. Uh, right now, he is expected to be at the Shrine game. Is he a guy that could perform well down there and gets the call up to the Senior Bowl? I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibilities. I think he's a talented player. I actually thought he was going to be at the Senior Bowl, so it was a little bit surprising to see him at the Shrine game. Him and Tyler Johnson, two guys I know already are highly re- uh, prospects that I think uh, 
are highly regarded. And while they might not be right now top 100 prospects in terms of the NFL world, I think they're guys that uh, are highly thought of. Hightower speed, Tyler Johnson's route running. I think those are two of the, the guys at the Shrine game who could really stand out. And it'd be interesting to see if any of them stand out and get the call up to the Senior Bowl. On the Washington side, Jacob Eason, does he declare? Does he not declare? I think that's a huge question mark looming over this game. If he does, he could be a top 50 quarterback selection in the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how he does in this game and, and when we start hearing about maybe his decision. Also on Saturday is the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, UAB versus Appalachian State. Not a lot of offensive skill players that you should have your eyes on. Uh, Appalachian State does have a fullback, Spencer Brown, that might have a late, uh, a late round grade. Uh, not a lot of teams in the NFL are using fullbacks anymore. So, you know, probably more of a high priority free agent than a draftable prospect. Uh, on Monday, the Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, interested to see a couple names in that. Uh, First off, for UCF, they have a running back and a wide receiver uh, that I think are intriguing prospects. One is Gabriel Davis, uh, six foot three, two hundred and twelve pounds. Probably talking about a day three guy, probably around five to around seven type player. And then Adrian uh, Killings Jr. He's five foot eight, only one hundred and sixty four pounds. But you know, r- reports are that he's got speed in the four threes. So that's a guy that in the pre draft process, maybe you know. He doesn't probably not at the combine, but you know maybe in a pro day you see this, you hear reports of this guy run really fast time. Uh, it could be you know Adrian Killens out of UCF, so keep an eye on those two players there. On Tuesday, Christmas Eve, the Hawaii Bowl, BYU versus Hawaii. Two guys that you should have your eyes on: BYU tight end Matt Bushman could be a top six, top seven tight end in this class. And then Hawaii quarterback Cole McDonald, he's in the scouting notebook. Uh, very toolsy, got some movement, got some athleticism, got some arm talent, can make plays happen off script, you know, flick at a wrist, throw the ball down the field. Has some development in terms of going through progressions, decision making, more accuracy. Probably will serve would would benefit him to come back to school. I thought that even when I watched him in the summer, nothing this year has changed my mind in that regard. Uh, but no reports yet on whether or not he goes back. I think he should. I think he probably will end up going back. Uh, and then let's hit on the games on December 26th as well, because we probably won't record another podcast to the 26th or, or the 27th. Uh, the Independence Bowl, Miami versus La Tech, and the Quick Lane Bowl, Pittsburgh versus Eastern Michigan. Honestly, not a lot of offensive draft eligible prospects in this one for Miami. Uh, DJ Dallas, the running back, uh, probably not going to play due to injury, but he's a guy who could be a draftable prospect. And then keep an eye on one of the top underclassman tight end in the country, Brevin Jordan. Man, I have talked a lot about him for Miami. So there it is, kind of that first, you know, week or so of bowl games, just kind of going through and, and giving you some names, some guys that could be, you know, guys who you see drafted, you know, maybe some in the top 100, probably a bunch of day three guys. Uh, you might see some of them at some of the pre-draft process games. You know, guys who, you know, even when you turn to fantasy, not a lot of highly relevant guys probably for your dynasty rookie drafts, but a couple of them could emerge. A couple of guys, you know, people playing really deep dynasty leagues that so many of the rookies get taken. You really want to start familiarizing yourself with some of these guys. Uh, and the bowl season is a great time to, to start to do that as well. 
Okay, so let's let's close out the night with the NFL rookie report uh, for Week 15. Let's start at the quarterback position. We've talked a lot about Dwayne Haskins over the last couple of weeks and how poor he's looked, decision making, progression reading. Well, this past week, 261 yards and two touchdowns. Probably played his best game uh, we've seen him play. Uh, finally showing some connection with fellow rookie, fellow former college teammate Terry McLaurin. But Haskins, again, you're starting to see some incremental improvement with Dwayne Haskins. Like I've mentioned multiple times, I don't want to rush to judgment. I like Dwayne Haskins coming out. I know it's looked bad, you know, to the point where, you know, you started to wonder, like, you know, maybe I just missed on him, maybe. But I think the supporting cast there is very lackluster besides Terry McLaurin. So I think you got to give Dwayne Haskins some time. Uh, So this past week, like I said, he showed much better than he had been this week. They played the Giants. I expect Dwayne Haskins to battle against Daniel Jones if Daniel Jones is healthy. Uh, I expect Dwayne Haskins to make some plays Giants secondary very weak. So maybe Haskins can close out the season a couple games strong uh, and and give him a little momentum for the offseason and show some development that I think would be big going into his second year. Kyler Murray played a flawless game. Didn't have gaudy stats because Kenyon Drake scored four touchdowns, but 19 of 25, 219 yards and a touchdown showed his rushing capabilities with over 50 yards. I listen, Kyler Murray's had some bumps along the way, but I don't think anything he's done this year has persuaded me not to think he's going to be a high caliber NFL quarterback. He's going to be a highly in demand NFL fantasy quarterback that people are going to want to get on their dynasty teams. Uh, Only other news at the quarterback position, uh, Drew Locke, you know, they played a game in basically a, a snowstorm slash blizzard in Kansas City. Hard to gauge a lot from there. I think he'll look a little bit better this week. Excited to see him in the final two weeks of the season. And then Will Greer, a guy that myself, Matt, Matt Waldman, when he was on the show a couple times last year, thought very highly of Will Greer. Thought he could be a late first round selection. Ended up going in the third, late third round to the Panthers. Uh, Panthers finally pulled the plug on Kyle Allen. Make sure, you know, doesn't leave you some questions on why it took so long. Maybe Will Greer wasn't showing them a lot of practice. But interested to see how Greer looks if the, in these last couple games. You know, there's been a lot of whispers that the Panthers might trade Cam Newton. Well, what do they do? Kyle Allen's not clearly the answer. Are they going to base whether or not Will Greer is the answer off of two games? Do they try to replace Cam Newton with a veteran? So it'd be interesting to see. But But I'm excited to see Will Greer play. I don't know how he's going to do, but man, he has a cast of offensive weapons that it's going to be exciting to kind of see him, you know, with Curtis Samuel, with DJ Moore, uh, obviously with Christian McCaffrey catching passes out of the backfield. So Greer's got some weapons there. So he's probably just going to be asked to be a facil- facilitator, a distributor here to close out the season and, and see what, uh, they might think of him, uh, moving forward. At the running back position, Devin Singletary this past week, 21 carries, 87 yards, put the ball on the ground a couple times. But Buffalo's given him every opportunity to be a bell cow. Will that continue after the offseason? Will they make an investment into the running back? I still think they might. Uh, and even if they don't, I still think the val- I still think the perceived value on Devin Singletary might be higher than the actual value when it comes to fantasy. Because Josh Allen is pretty much their goal line back. Similar to all the touchdowns Cam Newton used to steal. That's basically Josh Allen now. He's not a big time pass catcher. I know he's had, you know, he's he's done some of that this year because the alternative is Frank Gore, who's not a pass catcher at all anymore at this stage of his career. So 
if they don't bring in a more of a starting type back, I definitely think Buffalo upgrades the backup running back position and gets a guy who's more capable in the pass game. So if Singletary loses any pass game work and still not getting those touchdowns on a frequent basis because Josh Allen takes them all, I still think it hurts his overall value. I'm still not opposed to getting out on Devin Singletary if the price is right at the end of the year, if somebody thinks they're buying you know, a potential for rebound back moving forward. At the wide receiver position, we already talked about Terry McLaurin. I mean, man, he is a tough cover. His ability to create separation, his route running, his toughness and his physicality, you know, all really impressive stuff. The sky's the limit for Terry McLaurin. Uh, if you can get him on your dynasty team, try uh, try now. Uh, Darius Slayton continues to make plays for Giants. Well, he only had two catches. One was for a touchdown. He's a guy who, again, Giants got a lot of, of guys there with – Tate and Shepard and Slayton and Ingram and Healthy and Barkley, you know, so it's hard to think if they're all back next year that they could all be fancy viable. But what if they move on from Golden Tate? What if they trade Evan Ingram? You know, so I think there's there's an opportunity for Darius Slayton to emerge there into a more consistent fantasy factor. He'd be a guy if people are worried about that potential supporting cast and think there's not enough mouths to feed, I'd use that as an opportunity to go get Slayton in the offseason. A.J. Brown, I'm so excited to see A.J. Brown. Uh, I think it was our post-draft show with Matt Waldman, and Matt and I talked about A.J. Brown, and Matt was talking about how he just will scoop him up in every everywhere possible if people are concerned about the landing spot. And, you know, he talked about how quickly he thought he was going to, you know, transition to the NFL game, and, and he really has. I mean, the only thing that held him back from having a monster statistical year is just the opportunities and the targets on a week-to-week basis. From early in the year, when he got opportunity, he made plays. And the comp from when he was in college, when Matt and I said he was Juju Smith, some people say Anquan Bolden. I think he's got more juice than Anquan Bolden. I mean, as great of a player as Anquan Bolden was, I think he's got more juice similar to what Juju Smith has. I think his best home is inside, but A.J. Brown is a guy who stock up. If you can get him for a late first-round rookie pick, I would get him. I think I think he's going to be a long-term wide receiver two type in fantasy with upside. A uh, little bit of a down week for Debo. Listen, if he, if he has a slow finish to the season – only better for you. If you're if you've been watching closely and seeing what he's been doing, he has developed this whole year. He'd be a guy I'd be willing to buy in the offseason as well. Uh and then the tight end position, Noah Fant. Again, I had some concerns about Noah Fant in terms of his route running, route refinement, but he's already shown that his athleticism, his speed, his big playability translates. So now, as he harnesses that receiving capabilities, his route running, his refinement of his routes, his route understanding, you're going to see a guy just continue to emerge and in, into a bigger and bigger time tight end player. <clears throat> so Fant is a guy who I've talked about Fant, I've talked about Hawkinson. This class is so poor at tight end that if somebody drafted Fant or Hawkinson who maybe had another good tight end, see if you can be aggressive with how excited people are going to be over these 2020 picks. See if you can be aggressive and maybe get Noah Fant on your roster in some spots and maybe be willing to overpay a little bit, offer an early second round rookie pick. You know, there's no offense, probably not going to be looked at as worth like an early, early second round rookie pick with how strong this class has the capabilities to be. So I'd be aggressive and, you know, and offer, you know, similar to where maybe the guy invested in Fant. If you offer something similar to that pick, 
in this year's draft class, I think you might get an opportunity to get him, especially, you know, if he has another tight end on the roster, that might be what's willing, whether or not he's willing to make the move or not. But I would definitely check in on the owner of Noah Fant as well. I'll continue to say buy low on uh, uh, Darwin Thompson. I think he's got an opportunity next year to work his way into a role in that Kansas City backfield. Uh, you know, he's a guy. And then Justice Hill, you know, he doesn't need a lot of touches in that Baltimore offense. If he emerges next year and is a guy who gets nine to 11 touches, that could have some fancy viability down the stretch with big play capabilities, teams worrying about Lamar Jackson. So he'd be another guy that I would definitely be willing to buy low. And I think there will be a buy low window for Hill and Thompson for sure. And I'd be willing to aggressively pursue them and put them on my uh, the bottom of my roster uh, and kind of wait it out and see how they do. So there it is, guys, the NFL Rookie Report for Week 15. If you're enjoying this coverage, and uh, please get over to the website, ssfootball.com. It's the quickest way to get there. You can type it all out at Saturday to SundayFootball.com as well. Check out the premium content tab. And for $9.99, guys, take an opportunity to see our work a little bit more in depth. You get four notebooks, premium notebooks, all for $9.99. You get the scouting notebook, which already has player profiles on like 80 or 90 prospects. Uh, they will be updated. They've been updated a little bit. They will be a major update. Uh, you know, in the next month or two, a lot more guys will be added. I already know Brandon Iuk, Justin Jefferson, John Hightower. Uh, there's like six, there's like five or six wide receivers that I already have started doing uh, film work on. Will be added a couple running backs, a couple quarterbacks, a couple tight ends. So probably at least another ten to twelve players will be added, and then if more need to be added as we head to the Senior Bowl and post-senior bowl and post-shrine game and pre-combine and post-combine. If more names to be added, I'll add more names. And and that's where you get all of our thoughts and film analysis, their strengths, uh, areas where they're functional, uh, con- developmental or concerning areas, what we think their NFL role will be, what we think their fantasy viability will be at the next level, uh, you know, their scheme fit, all that stuff is in there really in depth on all of those prospects. That's just one notebook for nine ninety nine. Uh, you get three more. In addition, you get our rankings notebook. It has all our different rankings, our draft eligible rankings. Once we know who declares, it'll just be, we'll separate that to our draft rankings. Uh, we have our dynasty rookie rankings still being updated from last year. Uh, and then after this year's draft, we'll have new dynasty rookie rankings, uh, we have our Devi rankings there. That's where we make our tiers that are exclusive to Saturday to Sunday. We made our own tiers up. They're all broken down. Uh, those will be posted usually before the combine. We try to do all our tier buster shows and put up our tiers. And then we update our tiers in the monthly and up to the draft. So you get those two immediately when you purchase the premium notebooks. And then in late March to mid-April, you get the freshman notebook where Matt gives his thoughts and, and profiles on a lot of the top incoming freshmen. And then you get the draft projections notebook, which will have notes on almost 400 players, offense and defense, tabs for everything. And that's how we expect it to go. Not our thoughts. The draft projection notebook doesn't really have much of what we think of the player. It, they're, they're put in an order of everything we're hearing and how we expect it to go on draft night. So basically it's a guide to the draft it has notes on all of these players 
you know, the note part of it is a little bit our thoughts. But in terms of how we list them, how we expect it to go, it's what we're hearing. It's what we're reading. Uh, and we're trying to accurately predict what we think will happen on draft night, not what we would do in the draft projections notebook. It has an estimated top 32 big board, top 100, and then our best guess at predicting every single pick in the NFL draft. You get all four of them for $9.99. I know I've been talking about it on just about every show. But if you're a fan of the show, if you've been a longtime listener, uh, we ask you that maybe you give this a shot. This really is the lifeblood uh, for Matt and I. We take the we take the profits and the revenue we make from those sales and we put it right back into S to S in terms of you know paying for the website and, and the technology and everything else that uh, the hosting and the domain, all that stuff that we need and, and the programs that we need to be able to do what we do. Uh, you know, we never created a Patreon account. We want to be able to give you something more than, than just donating your hard earned money. And we think this is more, uh, than worth the 999 cost for getting all four of these. So if you're a fan of the show, you want to help support the show, this is the best way. And you get a lot of information for yourself to help you in your Devi League, your Dynasty Leagues, or if you're just a fan of the NFL draft. So hopefully you consider purchasing it. And if you have bought it, hopefully you like it. If you have any questions about it, don't hesitate to reach out to myself or Matt on Twitter. Um, and if you can't purchase the notebooks, please get over to wherever you uh, listen to your podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. That does help us a lot as well. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, on behalf of Matt and myself, we hope everybody has a very happy holiday. Uh, and we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.